few days back i reread uh, bhagwan shri ramana maharshi's uh, uh first uh, book or you would call it uh, not particularly actually uh, not specifically a book written by him but it was um, a set of questions and answers um that were captured and then uh, documented in a book form and many of you would know about uh, this one it's called who am i and um uh, whenever um someone would um, ask bhagwan to talk about his teachings um uh he would of course in his presence uh, there was no need to talk he could impart um, his knowledge uh, via his presence but he would ask request um, the devotee to uh, read the short 11 page and then come back to him and ask him questions after he's read uh this particular book and at uh, ramnashram this book is uh, i think available for 10 rupees if i'm not wrong and uh, that's less than 20 cents and in these 11 or so pages everything that needs to be known about the spiritual quest about self realization about reality and how to get there all of it is here and um, i remember the the first time i had read this i i had been you know on a quest for quite some time and i had read a lot of stuff um, that usually seekers go through and i understood things a little bit here a little bit there everything was uh, um um an intellectual process of trying to decode the truth and i think i read this about 5 years back who am i for the first time it's readily available on the internet you can download it it's on the ramna maharshi app you can read it there you can buy a copy f- i mean it's everywhere that's how true knowledge should be 
and i remember when i first read it i emailed a few friends of mine i think two of my friends and i told them i attached this and i told them that i'm there i have understood that this is it this is the document this is the culmination of my journey and i didn't that didn't mean that i understood that <laughs> that document that book those questions and answers but what it meant was that when i read these 11 pages i knew that i had come to the end of my journey to find a guru to find the spiritual teaching that would help me realize the truth the words were so powerful and even though i could not understand most of it i knew them to be true they resonated with something deep inside my being and um i think einstein says this that um, um you know why a lot of einstein's theories are yet be are being proven even now scientists are trying to prove them and some of them have been proved quite recently because uh, einstein knew it to be the truth he didn't have proof for it he didn't have the experience he could not say qed uh, he 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 but it sort of added up for him and that's how uh, who am i is you may not have the ability to completely understand it but you know it to be the truth and once you know it to be the truth and you've taken that leap of faith to believe it to be the truth then over time it gets uh, substantiated with experience it gets proven just like einstein's theories it gets proven through your own personal experience and that's how these 11 pages have the power to give to you the greatest gift that can ever be given to a human being the gift of realization so i wanted to today instead of commenting on it or talking about my interpretation of it or 
helping you understand it i just want to read this whole 11 pager uh in probably this might turn out to be the longest podcast that uh episode that i have done but i wanted to read this entire 11 pager for you and um it does not matter how much of this you understand whatever you do whatever you can take away from it you can keep coming back to it i have read this and reread this i think hundreds of times and every time like any other great spiritual text like the bhagavad gita or tao te ching or ashtavakra gita you will find something new in it to take away as you evolve as a seeker you will find new and new subtexts uh in the same set of questions and answers and uh, to begin with i'd like to talk about how this um this book uh came into existence so i'll read from the introduction and then i will read the entire book who am i and leave it to you to read it on your own or listen to this version um so let me talk about how this book came into existence who am i is the title given to a set of questions and answers bearing on self inquiry the questions were put to bhagwan shri ramana maharshi by shri m shiv prakasam pillai about the year 1902 shri pillai a graduate in philosophy was at the time employed in the revenue department of the south arcot collectorate During his visit to Tirwan Malai in 1902 on official work he went to Virupaksha cave on Arunachal hill and met the maharshi there he sought from him spiritual guidance and solicited answers to questions relating to self inquiry as bhagwan was not talking then not because of any vow he had taken but because he did not have the inclination to talk he answered questions put to him by writing as recollected and recorded by shri shri shiv prakasam pillai there were 13 questions and answers to them given by bhagwan there were 13 questions and answers to them given by bhagwan this record was first published by shri pillai in 1923 in the original tamil along with a couple of poems composed by himself relating how bhagwan's grace operated in his case by dispelling his doubts who am i has been published several times subsequently we find 13 questions and answers in some editions and 28 in others there is also another published version in which the questions are not given and the teachings are rearranged in the form of an essay The present rendering is of the text in the form of twenty-eight questions and answers. Um, before I start reading the questions and answers, uh, Bhagwan was twenty-three um, years old at the time when 
Mr. Pillai asked him these questions and uh, he answered these questions. And his great realization, his direct realization occurred when he was 16. And a few months later, he left his home and uh, moved to Arunachalam and to the Virupaksha Tirvan Malai uh, and uh, started staying in the Virupaksha cave where he, in a state, in the transcendental state, he would um, stay in a state of complete uh, self-absorption. And Mr. Pillai uh, made his way to him and uh, asked him these questions and he did not actually answer. Uh, uh, he actually wrote the answers down. He did not answer uh, verbally, he wrote the answers down. And the beauty of uh, Bhagwan's uh, realization and his teachings is that you uh, listen to him at the age of 23 and you listen to him at the age of uh, 50. Uh, you would not find any difference because the realization was so complete and so complete is the word actually that uh, there was no evolution needed post that I will talk about his uh, great realization his um, when he uh, realized the self at the age of 16 uh, in a later episode but um, these questions and answers are in a way a complete comprehensive summary of his teachings let me actually start reading them and It's um, it's before I actually <laughs> begin reading. Um, one of the greatest things about um, Bhagavan, and I think it is true for any great spiritual teacher, was that no matter who the devotee is, who the seeker is, when you uh, come to the master like Sri Ramana Maharshi he will help you evolve spiritually in some way or the other he would treat you with utmost compassion and he would let you ask any question you feel like asking but each of his answers will gently nudge you and bring you back to the teaching. You read any of his dialogues, you'll realize how beautiful that is. Uh, especially when you see many of our modern spiritual, supposed, supposedly and considered to be modern spiritual thinkers and masters who talk about everything under the sun. Uh, but not uh, the Maharshi. He would just talk about what he believed would help you evolve spiritually. And 
so for uh, when he was answering mr pillai he was directing his responses to mr pillai as a seeker and it's also to be acknowledged that mr pillai's ability to ask the right questions is very very crucial here in uh, in making this a quite a comprehensive uh, uh, summary of uh, bhagwan's teachings uh, because uh, another seeker could have asked a very different set of questions and bhagwan out of his compassion empathy for the seeker would answer it differently um all right uh, enough of uh, refraff <laughs> i will start reading from um who am i it's in tamil it's called nanya here we go all living beings desire to be happy always without any misery in everyone there is observed supreme love for oneself and happiness alone is the cause of love in order therefore to gain that happiness which is one's nature and which is experienced in the state of deep sleep where there is no mind what one should know oneself to achieve this the path of knowledge the inquiry in the form of who am i is the principal means and now we begin the set of questions and answers so mr pillai's first question was who am i and here is bhagwan's answer the gross body which is composed of the seven humors dhatus i am not the five cognitive senses sense organs viz the senses of hearing touch sight taste and smell which apprehend their respective objects viz sound touch color taste and odor i am not the five cognitive sense organs viz the organs of speech locomotion grasping excretion and procreation which have as their respective functions speaking moving grasping excreting and enjoying i am not the five vital airs pran etc which perform respectively the five functions of in breathing etc i am not even the mind which thinks i am not the nasians too which is endowed only with the residual impressions of objects and in which there are no objects and no functionings i am not so mr pillai's next question to this is if i am none of these then who am i and bhagwan's answer is after negating all of the above mentioned as not this not this that awareness which alone remains that i am and then mr pillai asks what is the nature of awareness the nature of awareness is existence consciousness bliss when will the realization of the self be gained when the world which is what is seen has been removed there will be realization of the self which is the seer question 5 will there not be realization of the self even while the world is there taken as real there will not be that's the answer 
why question 6 the seer and the object seen are like the rope and the snake just as the knowledge of the rope which is the substratum will not arise unless the false knowledge of the illusory serpent goes so the realization of the self which is the substratum will not be gained unless the belief that the world is real is removed question 7 when will the world which is this object seen be removed answer when the mind which is the cause of all cognition and of all actions becomes quiescent becomes quiet the world will disappear question 8 what is the nature of the mind answer what is called mind is a wondrous power residing in the self it causes all thoughts to arise apart from thoughts there is no such thing as mind therefore thought is the nature of mind apart from thoughts there is no independent entity there is no independent entity called the world in deep sleep there are no thoughts and there is no world in the states of waking and dream there are thoughts and there is a world also just as the spider emits the thread of the web out of itself and again withdraws it into itself likewise the mind projects the world out of itself and again resolves it into itself when the mind comes out of the self the world appears therefore when the world appears to be real the self does not appear and when the self appears shines the world does not appear when one persistently inquires into the nature of the mind the mind will end leaving the self as the residue what is referred to as the self is the atma the mind always exists only in dependence on something gross it cannot stay alone it is the mind that is called a subtle body or the soul jiva question 9 what is the path of inquiry for understanding the nature of the mind answer that which arises as i in this body is the mind if one inquires as to where in the body the thought i rises first one would discover that it rises in the heart that is the place of the mind's origin even if one thinks constantly i i one will be led to that place of all the thoughts that arise in the mind the i thought is the first it is only after the rise of this that the other thoughts arise it is after the appearance of the first personal pronoun that the second and the third personal pronouns appear without the first personal pronoun pronoun they will not be the second and the third question 10 how will the mind become quiescent by the inquiry who am i the thought who am i will destroy all other thoughts and like the stick used for stirring the burning fire it will itself in the end get destroyed then they will arise self realization question 
What is the means for constantly holding on to the thought, who am I? Answer. When other thoughts arise, one should not pursue them, but should inquire, to whom do they arise? It does not matter how many thoughts arise. As each thought arises, one should inquire with diligence, to whom has this thought arisen? The answer that would emerge would be, to me. Thereupon, if one inquires, who am I? The mind will go back to its source and the thought that arose will become quiescent. With repeated practice in this manner, the mind will develop the skill to stay in its source. When the mind that is subtle goes out through the brain and the sense organs, the gross names and forms appear. When it stays in the heart, the names and forms disappear. Not letting the mind go out, but retaining it in the heart, is what is called inwardness, antarmuk. Letting the mind go out of the heart is known as externalization, bahirmuk. Thus, when the mind stays in the heart, the I, which is the source of all thoughts, will go, and the self, which ever exists, will shine. Whatever one does, one should do without the egoity I. If one acts in that way, all will appear as of the nature of Shiva. God, as of the nature of God. Question 12. Are there no other means for making the mind quiescent? Answer. Other than inquiry, there are no adequate means. If through other means it is sought to control the mind, the mind will appear to be controlled, but will again go forth. Through the control of breath also, the mind will become quiescent, but it will be quiescent only so long as the breath remains controlled. And when the breath resumes, the mind also will again start moving and will wander as impelled by residual impressions. The source is the same for both mind and breath. Thought indeed is the nature of the mind. The thought I is the first thought of the mind and that is egoity. It is from that whence egoity originates that breath also originates. Therefore, when the mind becomes quiescent, the breath is controlled. And when the breath is controlled, the mind becomes quiescent. But in deep sleep, although the mind becomes quiescent, the breath does not stop. This is because of the will of God, so that the body may be preserved and other people may not be under the impression that it is dead. In the state of walking and in samadhi, when the mind becomes quiescent, the breath is controlled. Breath is the gross form of mind. Till the time of death, the mind keeps breath in the body. And when the body dies, the mind takes the breath along with it. Therefore, the exercise of breath control is only an aid for rendering the mind quiescent. Mano It will not destroy the mind. Mano Like the practice of breath control, meditation on the forms of God, repetition of mantras, restriction on food, etc. But aids for rendering the mind quiescent. Through meditation on the forms of God and through repetition of mantras, the mind becomes one-pointed. The mind will always be wandering. Just as when a chain is given to an elephant to hold in its trunk, it will go along, grasp, go along grasping the chain and nothing else. So also, when the mind is occupied with a name or form, it will, it will grasp that alone. When the mind expands in the form of countless thoughts, each thought becomes weak. But as thoughts get resolved, the mind becomes one-pointed and strong. For such a mind, self-inquiry will become easy. Of all the restrictive rules that relating to the taking of sattvic food, 
in moderate quantities is the best by observing this rule the sattvic quality of mind will increase and that will be helpful to self inquiry question 13 the residual impressions thoughts of objects appear unending like the waves of an ocean when will all of them get destroyed answer as the meditation on the self rises higher and higher the thoughts will get destroyed question 14 is it possible for the residual impressions of objects that come from beginless begin beginningless time as it were to be resolved and for one to remain as the pure self answer without yielding to the doubt is it possible or not one should persistently hold on to the meditation on the self even if one be a great sinner one should not worry and weep oh i am a sinner how can i be saved one should completely renounce the thought i am a sinner and concentrate keenly on meditation on the self then one would surely succeed there are not two minds one good and the other evil the mind is only one it is the residual impressions that are of two kinds auspicious and inauspicious when the mind is under the influence of auspicious auspicious impressions it is called good when it is under the influence of inauspicious impressions it is regarded as evil the mind should not be allowed to wander towards worldly objects and what concerns other people however by however bad other people may be one should not one should be a no hatred for them both desire and hatred should be eschewed all that one gives to others one gives to oneself if this truth is understood who will not give to others when one self arises all arises one self becomes quiescent all becomes quiescent to the extent we behave with humility to that extent there will be there will there will result good if the mind is rendered quiescent one may live anywhere question 15 how long should inquiry be practiced answer as long as there are impressions of objects in the mind so long the inquiry who am i is required as thoughts arise they should be destroyed then and there in the very place of their origin through inquiry if one resorts to contemplation of the self unintermittently until the self is gained that alone would do as long as there are enemies within the fortress they will continue to sally forth if they are destroyed as they emerge the fortress will fall into our hands question 16 what is the nature of the self answer what exists in truth is the self alone the world the individual soul the world the individual soul and god are appearances in it like sliver in mother of pearl these three appear at the same time and disappear at the same time the self is that where there is absolutely no i thought that is called silence the self itself is the world the self itself is i the self itself is god all is shiva the self question 17 is not everything the work of god answer without desire resolve or effort the sun rises 
and in its mere presence the sunstone emits fire the lot the lotus blossoms blooms water evaporates people perform their various functions and then rest just as in the presence of the magnet the needle moves it is by virtue of the mere presence of god that the souls governed by the three cosmic functions or the fivefold divine activity perform their actions and then rest in accordance with their respective karmas god has no resolve no karma attaches itself to him that is like worldly actions not affecting the sun or like the merits and demerits of the other four elements not affecting all pervading space question 18 of the devotees who is the greatest answer he who he who gives himself up to the self that is god is the most excellent devotee giving one self up to god means remaining constantly in the self without giving room for the rise of any thoughts other than that of the self whatever burdens are thrown on god he bears them since the supreme power of god makes all things move why should we without submitting ourselves to it constantly worry ourselves with thoughts as to what should be done and how and what should not be done and how not we know that the train carries all loads so after getting on it why should we carry our small luggage on our head to our discomfort instead of putting it down in the train and feeling at ease question 19 what is non attachment answer as thoughts arise destroying them utterly without any residue in the very place of their origin is non attachment just as the pearl drive pearl diver ties a stone to his waist sinks to the bottom of the sea and then takes the pearls so each one of us should be endowed with non attachment dive within oneself and obtain the self pearl question 20 question 20 is it not possible for god and the guru to effect the liberation of a soul answer god and the guru will only show the way to liberation they will not by themselves take the soul to the state of liberation in truth god and the guru are no different just as the prey which has fallen into the jaws of a tiger has no escape so those who have come within the ambit of the guru's gracious look will be saved by the guru and will not get lost yet each one should by his own effort pursue the path shown by guru by god or guru and gain liberation when one can know oneself only with one's own eye of knowledge and not with somebody else's does he who is rama require the help of a mirror to know that he is rama question 21 is it necessary for one who longs for liberation to inquire into the nature of categories tatvas answer 
just as one who wants to throw away garbage has no need to analyze it and see what it is. So one who wants to know the self has no need to count the number of categories or inquire into their characteristics. What he has to do is to reject altogether the characteristics. What he has to do is to reject altogether the categories that hide the self. The world should be considered a dream. Question 22. Is there no difference between waking and dream? Answer. Waking is long and dream short. Other than, other than this, there is no difference. Just as waking happenings seem real while awake. Just as waking happenings seem real while awake. So do those in a dream while dreaming. In dream, the mind takes on another body. In both waking and dream states, thoughts, names and forms occur simultaneously. Question 23. Is it any use reading books for those who long for liberation? Answer. All the texts say that in order to gain liberation, one should render the mind quiescent. Therefore, their conclusive teaching is that the mind should be rendered quiescent. Once this has been understood, there is no need for endless reading. In order to quieten the mind, one has only to inquire within oneself what oneself is. How could this search be done in books? One should know oneself with one's own eye of wisdom. The self is within the five sheets, but books are outside them. Since the self has to be inquired into by discarding the five sheets, it is futile to search for it in books. There will come a time when one will have to forget all that one has learned. Question 24. What is happiness? Answer. Happiness is the very nature of the self. Happiness and the self are not different. There is no happiness in any object of the world. We imagine through our ignorance that we derive happiness from objects. When the mind goes out, it, it experiences misery. In truth, when its desires are fulfilled, it returns to its own place and enjoys the happiness that is the self. Similarly, in, state, in the states of sleep, samadhi and fainting, and when the object desired is obtained or the object disliked is removed, the mind becomes inward turned and enjoys pure self-happiness. Thus, the mind moves without rest, alternate, alternately going out of the self and returning to it. Under the tree, the shade is pleasant. Out in the open, the heat is scorching. A, a person who has been going about in the sun feels cool when he reaches the shade. Someone who keeps on going from the shade into the sun and then back into the shade is a fool. 
a wise man a wise man stays permanently in the shade similarly the mind of the man the mind of the one who knows the truth does not leave the brahm the mind of the ignorant on the contrary revolves in the world feeling miserable and for a little time returns to the brahm to experience happiness in fact what is called the world is only thought when the world disappears that is when there is no thought the mind experiences happiness and the and when the world appears it goes through misery question 25 what is wisdom insight gyan drishti answer remaining quiet is what is called wisdom insight to remain quiet is to resolve the mind in the self telepathy knowing past present and future happenings and clairvoyance do not constitute wisdom insight question 26 what is the relation between desirelessness and wisdom answer desirelessness is wisdom the two are not different they are the same desirelessness is refraining from turning the mind towards any object wisdom means the appearance of no object in other words not seeking what is other than the self is detachment or desirelessness in other words i'm repeating in other words not seeking what is other than the self is detachment or desirelessness not leaving the self is wisdom and we come to the last two questions question 27 what is the difference between inquiry and meditation answer inquiry consists in retaining the mind in the self meditation consists in thinking that one self is brahma existence cons- consciousness bliss question 28 what is liberation answer inquiring into the nature of one's self that is in bondage and realizing one's true nature is liberation and uh, that that was uh, who am i and um, by the answers you would notice that um, the maharshi was not uh someone who would talk more than needed to answer a question and hence this is a very dense work uh, because there are a lot of aspects of a spiritual quest and of realization that he uh talks about within a very short span of time
and i in a way read through this fast um, because um, when you listen to it don't try to my suggestion would be don't try to weigh in on each of his responses uh with your uh, usual mental processes of applying logic and uh, rationale and trying to figure out debate um there are certain things that are beyond the mind's understanding they are understood in a much deeper way uh than what a logical conclusion gives you they are related to and they resonate with you in a very different way so listen to this read um uh the text it's available everywhere and keep doing that um there will be times when you'll feel that you not understood uh, nearly half of it and there'll be times when you will say oh oh now i get it and over time it's very similar to reading the gita when you read the gita the first time you take away a few things from it uh you read it again you take away a few more things and then over time you realize that what you had understood in the beginning was not entirely correct and um that's how it uh, it moves the text um adapts itself to your uh, spiritual evolution and it being the same text it sort of keeps giving to you it's like a tree that bears fruit in all seasons and all the time uh i'm not sure how why why i was actually reading all of this when but some some something inside of me made me want to read it for you thank you so much for listening in